Welcome one, welcome all. Whoa, my mic was super hot. <laughs> welcome one, welcome all to the greatest show of them all. The NFC East Mixtape, a.k.a. the NFC Beast Mixtape. A nice hat by my co-host. We'll get to him in just a moment. You can listen to this show on any one of the four SB Nation NFC East blog podcast networks. That is Blogging the Boys for Dallas Cowboys coverage, Bleeding Green Nation for Philadelphia Eagles, Big Blue View for New York Giants. We'll get to them in a moment. And Hogs Haven for the Washington Commanders. You can also watch this show on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel or the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. It is a playoff edition of the mixtape. I am RJ Troll from BTB. He is Brandon Lee Gatton from BGN. BLG, the Philadelphia Eagles are NFC East champions. The NFC Beast, RJ. <laughs> NFC Beast. Like we called it all along, no losing teams in this division. Everyone finished the at least 500 or above. Thanks to Brian Dable. If it weren't for Brian Dable, we could have had one below 500. And here we are with the Philadelphia Eagles clinching, finally, the East. And <laughs> a, a weird clinch of the East this year because it was so tied to the Eagles winning the one seed that it, like the division always felt secondary. It was always about the one seed. But right. here the Eagles are at the top. They've clinched also, barring a... Uh, and we'll talk about this in terms of how we want to you know, do the off-season podcast. But assuming things stay this way for now, the Eagles will have clinched the first spot in the off-season of the NFC East mixtape, where we talk about the teams in divisional order. So, I, yeah, because we always go in divisional standing here in terms of the the order that we talk about teams. So Philadelphia Eagles win the division; they'll be number one all season long, unless unless. unless the Cowboys won the Super Bowl, I guess, is, or the Giants won the Super Bowl, I guess, is, is what you were saying. But we'll, we'll get to right. that, obviously. Um, so the official division standings, Philadelphia Eagles win it. We still do not have a repeat division champion in the NFC East. The Eagles will be, get the, we never uh, will will. be the next team <laughs> It'll to never get happen. to try. Uh, we're coming up on the 20-year anniversary, so maybe, uh, maybe it will finally happen. Uh, but Eagles finish in first, Cowboys finish in second. Uh, the Giants finish in third. The Commanders uh, riding caboose with an 8-8-1 eight, eight, and one record, one that Jason Garrett would be very, very proud of. As mentioned, no team below 500, all 500 and above. We have three teams in the playoffs. The Eagles, as you mentioned, Brandon, have the number one seed. They have the week off, which means we have two playoff games to get to. So we'll touch on the Eagles a little bit, but obviously with them having the week off, they're not going to be a huge focus of this episode of the mixtape. It's going to be all Giants, Vikings, and Cowboys, Buccaneers. And look, Brandon, I know that the Giants fans, the Big Blue View people, they say, you guys don't talk about the Giants enough. You guys, you know, you don't know about our New York football Giants. All right? I wore my Houston Astros World Series championship cap today because my Astros beat your Philadelphia Phillies in the World Series. But in the ALCS, they beat this man's New York Yankees from Big Blue View. It is Ed Valentine, Ed, one of our absolute favorites here on the mixtape. Thank you for joining us. A reminder that the Astros not only beat the Yankees, but swept them in the ALCS. You guys, you guys didn't give me the hat memo and, <laughs> and i didn't have, the podcast and, i didn't know that you didn't give me the memo and i didn't have time to run across the house and grab my giant super bowl hat so mm. which mm. which one? Oh, yeah which one one of the one of the i i have two or three so so i would have <laughs> grabbed the one that was in the best shape <laughs> well done um well ed um at long last as brandon said um the eagles clinched the nfc east so now you and i have to hear him flapping around for uh, for a few months until we start this whole thing up again in september um barring again uh, a cowboys super bowl or a Giants super bowl and everybody's saying if the giants win the super bowl it's going to be in 2011 2007 fashion you know sort of this you know team that everybody counted out they have looked better as of late they lost on sunday who cares whatever they weren't playing davis webb all that stuff 
The New York football giants are three-point underdogs on the road in Minnesota. Kind of a classic, just three-point home field advantage for the Vikings. What are the odds? How do you like it? I mean, like, how do you see this game going as Daniel Jones continues maybe the best football he's ever played well, right now? Let, let me say this real quick, RJ. Let me say this. The Giants lost to the Eagles on Sunday, but I'm not sure I've ever enjoyed a Giants loss as much as I enjoyed the game on Sunday. I I, I still want to know if Reed Blankenship is feeling Davis Webb. And, uh, and, and I have to admit, it was a lot of fun watching Webb play and knowing how badly the Eagles needed that number one seed. Mm. It was, it was thoroughly enjoyable watching the Eagles have to work all the way to the end of that game to get it against, well against the giants, junior varsity, <laughs> the little Giants. the little giants. There That's, you go. Um, okay. Well, you know, Cowboys had a lot to do with that, forcing the Eagles, obviously, to work. So did the Saints, obviously. But the Eagles got it done. Kudos to them, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it is Giants-Vikings. The game just a few weeks ago, Ed, was one of the games of the year. That was an incredible game. It took a 1,000-yard field goal from Greg Joseph to win it for the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are a team that nobody believes in. Nobody thinks they're good. Everybody thinks they're frauds. And everybody kind of wants to believe in this Brian Dable magic that's happening here. I think he's coach of the year. I think we all agree there. I'm, I'm certain that you agree, Ed. Um, so does he have enough? He said earlier this week, playoff experience is overrated. Obviously, nobody on the Giants has any of it. Well, I look at it this way. I think from a Giants perspective, the playoff matchup couldn't have worked out any better. All right. I didn't want to face, you know, obviously you don't want to see the Eagles in, in, in your first playoff game. The only other way it could have worked out for the Giants was they would have had to go to San Francisco and face the 49ers. I wanted nothing to do with that. And, and look, it's no secret. The Minnesota Vikings are 13 and four, but every advanced statistic from point differential to DVOA, by the way, by DVOA from football outsiders, the Minnesota Vikings are the 27th or 28th ranked team in the NFL. <laughs> How are they 13 and four? Okay. Mm. They're by, by advanced statistical measures they're a 500 football team and I look at this game they're not better than the New York Giants and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that the Giants are better than the Vikings what I'm going to sit here and tell you is 27-24 was the score on New Year's or on Christmas Eve that game came right down to the wire the Giants had a chance to win it I think you're going to see the same type of game on Sunday. I think you're going to see a fourth quarter game. And, and here's what I keep coming back to. You guys have seen enough NFL football, fourth quarter games, one score games. The Vikings are 11 and 0 this year in one score games. They're 11 and 0. You don't win every one score game sooner or later they're going to lose one of those one-score football games. And it, to me, it's entirely possible that it's that it's this Sunday. Yeah, and not just because, too, like um, you're not good at one-score games is why they're going to lose it. It's just because they're going to get unlucky at some point. Like There's going to be a call that goes against right. them, a fumble that doesn't bounce their way. Like Eventually, they're, they're, they've been playing with fire, and it's worked out so far. If you go by weighted DVA, by the way, which accounts for you know more recent performance, um, they're actually 28th, so a little even lower somehow than the 27th overall ranking, which is crazy. 
Um, yeah, I, I am. I'm so waiting for this Viking season. Just like the, the most fraudulent 13 win team ever. They're, Negative point differential. They're not a. They're not a bad football team, but they're no. but they're not the not 13 great. and 4 juggernaut that their record would yeah. indicate. They're they're a beatable team. No one should team. be scared of them. No, absolutely. Exactly. Are you are you scared of them, man? Like on a 1 to 10 scale, I, 10 like ultra the shining panic, 1 being cuddly bear. Like where are you do at? Do I sound scared? <laughs> I have never known you to be scared of anything, well, fair, except well, the Houston Astros. You know, what I, what I actually might be scared of because I've stood next to him a few times is I might be scared of Dexter Lawrence doing to me what he did to Quentin Nelson and Sam Ellinger on the same play a couple of weeks ago. I don't know. Did you did you see that one, RJ? I did. Um, I mean, you're not scared of Justin Jefferson. I mean, you know, like that 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 is a factor. Well, I feel like the, the you know re, like, the reality is he he could run by me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he could run by me, but but I don't think I could get close enough for him to hurt me. Unless do you get a sense unless I tore Achilles? On that note, because that's a good question by RJ. Uh, do we know if Adore Jackson might be back for this game? We do not know. I'm mean, Brian Dable was non-committal on Monday. He said that the, the Giants are missing three defensive players, or were missing three defensive players, um, and three key defensive players: Adore Jackson, Leonard Williams, and Aziz Ojolari, who somehow is second on the team in sacks despite only playing in seven games. But uh I suspect that all three are going to play. The worry for me, the worry for me is Adoree Jackson hasn't played since week 11. You can't expect him to be at his absolute best and chase Justin Jefferson all around the field and, and shut him down. You can't expect anybody to do that regardless. But I really would have felt better if Adoree Jackson had gotten a few snaps on Sunday against the Eagles, if the Giants had judged him healthy enough to get him out there and at least work some of the rust off. But those are three key guys that uh, that the Giants need. Uh, Adoree Jackson, friend of the SB Nation NFL show, by the way. He plays a lot of NBA 2K. He and I had a conversation about that. That was before he joined the Giants, back when he was still um, parting ways with the Tennessee Titans. Um and I, I think that each of these three teams are in, in, in as far as the teams we cover are in some different spaces. Um, obviously, everybody wants to win the Super Bowl. Like that goes without saying. The Giants, this is I wouldn't call it house money, right? Like you're here now, you want to win the Super Bowl. Like I think that's an oversimplification that people sometimes offer. Like people say, well, they're they're grateful just to get in. Like once everybody's in, it's it's a whole different thing. But I I don't know that there's like a, a pressure on the Giants to win, right? The way there is on Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys is a different example. You know, kind of carrying the weight of, of the last thirty years or so. Uh, the Eagles have a pressure and that they've been the best team in the NFL all season. It's not a historic pressure, but you get what I'm saying? Like there's, there's different kind of factors going into each of these teams. Do you feel like this is a, you know, even if this is a one score game or if the giants got blown out TCU style or whatever happened, is there a sense of like, Hey, who cares, man? Like we got here, the Dable era has begun and it is a very promising one, no matter what happens in Minnesota. Well, look, I've said all year that what was going on with the Giants wasn't really about winning in twenty in 2022, that it really wasn't about the end result of this season, that it was about building a foundation so that you're not looking at a team that makes the playoffs once in the next 10 years, like, you know, like it's been for the Giants for the last decade. So I look at it like the season's already been a success. The Giants are playing with house money. 
and everything from here on out is gravy. I mean, that said, that said, you don't get there every year, even if you're good. You don't get there every year. You'd like to take advantage of the opportunity. You'd like to see the Giants win a playoff game. And I can't predict that it'll happen. I can't predict a deep playoff run for the Giants, even if they win on Sunday. But I but I came across an interesting number earlier today. Every time that the Giants have been in the playoffs since 1993, if they've won a game, they've made it to the Super Bowl. Mm. Every time Scary. they've won a game, they've made it to the Super Bowl. And I'm not predicting, you know, I'm not predicting that will happen. It's just a very strange number. Well, let's get you on the record for this game then. This game against the Vikings where last time I looked at the line, I don't know if it moved since three. the Yes, okay. So the uh Vikings are 3 point favorites in Minnesota. Do the Giants beat the Minnesota Vikings, Ed? And what's the score? Oh, you guys are you guys are the first ones to to get me to go on the record here. I haven't even made my yeah. pick for Big Blue View yet. You'll do it ten times this week. Of course That's, I will. Uh, the nature of course of I will. Work, yeah. And you know, five <laughs> times I'll go each way. But it's fine. No, actually, I am going to pick the Giants to win this game. I mm. simply think that it's a winnable game for the Giants. I think that in the last few weeks, they've shown more on offense than just hand the ball to Saquon Barkley. They've shown the ability to to get something done through the air. Um, and I keep I keep looking at the fact that that I think it's a close game. And to be honest with you, I keep looking at that 11 and 0 number for the Vikings this year in one score games and just thinking that sooner or later, as Brandon said earlier, sooner or later, a funny bounce or a bad call or a bad break of some sort something's going to go against Minnesota sooner or later in one of these games. It, and maybe with my heart more than my head, you know, I have my fingers crossed that it's this week. So I'll go mm. with the Giants. I think the over and under is what, 48 and a half. So, I mean, I always, I almost always go under with the Giants simply because of the way that they play. So I'll say, mm -hmm. I mean, I'll say 24-21. Okay. You know, um, we talked about that Vikings game here on the mixtape, and and I I thought that was maybe the best performance of the season for the Giants. I know they lost, but it was it was an inconsequential. But I mean, it wasn't like a a blow to the season for the Vikings for the Giants, excuse me, in any way, shape, or form. Obviously, the Colts game was this like masterpiece that they put together uh, in every way, except for the Kayvon Thibodeau stuff. But um, wow, it's going to be fun. If the Giants win, they will be the second NFC East team to win a playoff game at US. Is it US Bank Field or US, US Bank, Bank Stadium? Stadium. US Bank Stadium. Um, yeah, obviously the Eagles won the Super Bowl there. So you could get a yep. Giants playoff win there. Um, Cowboys <laughs> Commanders have to get their own there. Um, Ed Valentine, everybody check out BigBlueView.com. Ed will have all of his thoughts, obviously, and all the information you need to know as the week unfolds. Ed, um, I hope you have cereal for breakfast tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, RJ. Thanks, Brandon. We'll talk to you. Have a Thanks, good one, Ed. Ed. Um, so uh, we're going to keep going here. Ed is now off to the races, but uh, we're going to take a very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. 
Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back. Ed was awesome. Actually, uh, nobody knew this, Brandon, but before we started recording, I asked both of you what you had for breakfast on Tuesday because mm-hmm. we're recording on Tuesday. You said chips. Um, well, let's be clear. I said I didn't have a breakfast. Right, right. I just, well, I mean, I'm just – you literally had chips was the, the I didn't, food like, you had. wake up and, – and honestly, if I did, there's nothing wrong with it. Right. <laughs> um, anyway, you're, you're like the like the kid in big, like, I can have pizza. I can have ice cream for breakfast if I want to. Yeah, what why not? Um, but, uh, but Ed said he had cereal. And I and we both asked him what kind, and he refused to answer. So, well, he's, I think Ed's locked in. Like he he doesn't know what cereal he ate. he's he's grinding on BigBlueView.com. Make sure you check that out. By the way, a lot of great, great Giants coverage um, and interesting thoughts. I want to I want to talk a little bit, RJ, about the Eagles side of that Giants game from Week 18. Obviously, don't have to rehash the whole thing. Um, you know, it wasn't like the Eagles were going all out to win. Clearly. Um, now, I, I, it is disappointing, yes, that they couldn't pull their starters earlier, absolutely, and give the Giants backups credit for forcing the Eagles into that situation. But by no means at any point in the game did I think they were like actually going to lose. And it was very apparent that I think there were some fourth down situations where Sirianni probably would have went for it normally, but didn't in this game. Um, they got to the red zone five times. They couldn't convert. They're the best red zone team in the NFL this year, by like a, a decent margin, too. So right. Like, I just don't – I really didn't take much meaning out of the game other than that Jalen Hurts got through it healthy. He helped them win the one seed, and now they have a week off, and let's just move on. This was kind of a bare-bones week in a lot of senses, and I, I sort of felt that way, like call it coping with the Cowboys, whatever, but like I felt like the Eagles kind of got the job done. The Bengals didn't look great in that win against the Ravens. They did early on, right? They kind of faltered near the end. The Bills kind of took on some water near the end of their game, right? Like even the Niners kind of played the Cardinals tight. Like there was there was a lot of like week 18 energy, you know what I mean? Like for a lot of teams, like, you know, I, I wouldn't say like teams checked out, but you get what I mean. Like there, there was a sense of like this is not the most important game in the world that I feel like a lot of NFL teams had. It's almost like we didn't need to add a week 18. I agree with you. It was just kind of a big waste of time. I wanted um, to I wanted to bring this up with regards to the Eagles. So um, I saw sure. the Bleeding Green Nation Instagram account um, did a Q&A, uh, like did the Q&A feature on the Instagram yeah, story. Rachelle always does that. Yeah. Right. Rachelle's the best. Uh, so the question was thoughts after the Eagles beat the Giants and clinch the number one seed. Right. Like seemingly set up for like uh, an optimistic sort of answer. But again, it was a weird like I don't know of a fan base that left week 18 that's in the playoffs. that's like, boom, baby. But anyway, these are the answers. The first Other one than the Niners. Yeah. Well, even then, though, they were kind of like it was, you know, a little tight, whatever. But anyway, um, so the answer, the first answer, unnerving struggle to put away Giants second, third string in must win game. The second answer, relief. The third answer in hurts we trust. The fourth answer. 
And I feel like this is like the big story among Eagles fans, kind of tired of watching Slay get beat for touchdowns mm. and laughing about it. Um, the next one, the NFC runs through us. We've seen this year how home advantage works in Philly. Uh, the next one, painful win, but it's a win. Must play better to have a chance at the Super Bowl. That and again, was my mom. The last one was my mom. Okay. <laughs> that. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like um, oh, like you got the win. Home field, it's all locked up. You could take a week to not kind of chill. I understand there's like some anxiety percolating in the ether or ether uh, with regards to the Eagles because it's been like, what was the last quality Eagles win? Even the Bears win wasn't like high quality. The Giants you know, so, game, you know, when they just beat the crap out of the Giants. Basically. Right. So like it, there's, it's going to be a long time, you know, until next Saturday or Sunday that you've seen the Eagles play like an amazing game. But whatever, uh, not to dismiss the Eagles, but we have a lot to get to. So let's kick this can down well, the road. I mean, the Congratulations say, to the Eagles winning the division. Though. Yeah. The last thing I'll say is just like. I just think there's a perception that you like need to play well. And that carries, we just saw this at the Cowboys last year. I bought over that example. They scored what 51 points or whatever in week 18. And they scored 17 the next week at home against the 49. Like it doesn't necessarily translate. And again, the 2017 Eagles are the classic example of team that did not play amazing, like right before the end of the regular season. And then they looked a little shaky against the Falcons, but ultimately um, were fine. So it's just, it doesn't to me, Maybe it matters a tiny bit, but I just I, I have a hard time carrying a ton. And the, the most important thing is you're the one seat you get to buy. Like that, that's huge. So you said the classic example. I recognize that they're your classic example, but like I say this all the time. Like in a league that is a hundred years old, you can find an example to support anything sure. you want, right? Like you like, oh, this team rested, this team this, this team didn't do this, and this did or this did not happen. So yeah, that happened with the Eagles. Another example that people have floated out as of late, the two thousand and nine New Orleans Saints. Do you remember how many games they won before they lost that year? Like what because no, they were the last undefeated team to fall. Anything about the two thousand nine New Orleans Saints. They they were 13 and 0. And I remember this vividly because their first loss was a Saturday night in the Superdome to the Cowboys. Um, the Cowboys knocked them off. Um, that 2009 season, by the way, the Cowboys back to back wins over the Eagles in week 17 and the wild card round of the playoffs. But uh, so the New Orleans Saints get to 13 and 0. They lose to the Cowboys. The next week, they lose in overtime to the Bucks. And the final week of the regular season, they lose to the Panthers. So they finish literally the regular season. They're 13 and 0. They finished 13 and 3. They won the Super Bowl, right? Like, again, you can find an example of anything, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And this is a, a really good segue. So, good job by you into the Cowboys. A lot of Cowboys fans panicking in the streets. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you, like, oh, the Cowboys were awesome or there's no reason to be worried. I think there's reason to be worried if you're a fan of any NFL team, first of all. But, um, but like, all this, like, oh, man, if they play in like this. So, PFF's charting of this had the Cowboys as running three plays off of play action. And yeah. Dan, Dan Quinn said himself on Monday that the Cowboys are kind of trying some things out. Like, again, I, I understand that the, the one seed was available. The division was available. It was so unlikely, though, especially once we knew early in the week that Davis Webb was going to be playing. I know that game got tight in the end, blah, blah, blah. It did feel like and there's some contradicting elements here, which make it impossible to, like, talk about this cleanly. But it did feel like the Cowboys were satisfied with just kind of like not punting the game, but but sort of playing for another week. I mean, you don't. Based on who we know the Cowboys to be, you don't run three plays off of play action if you're trying with all your might to win this game. Yeah, I don't think the Cowboys were trying with all their might, but it is a little weird that they were also not not trying. Like they weren't doing what the Giants right. did. That's like, what that's what I meant by the contradiction. And like I feel so, I said I don't know how well you were watching this game because obviously the Eagles were playing at the same time. Uh, but the Cowboys led a touchdown drive, their only touchdown drive at the end of the first half. And at, at halftime, the Eagles score was sixteen nothing at halftime, right? I guess, yeah, yeah. So at halftime, I tweeted like, you know what, like 
I'm fine at this point. If you're McCarthy, pull everybody, you know, and that's one of those like weird things, right? Like when, when's the, the right time? Do you want to pull out? Like, it's like when you're playing basketball on your drive, when you're like, I got to go in off of a make sort of thing. Um, but, but he didn't. And so I do think that the plan was get the starters, you know, couple series, couple drives, whatever, hopefully put something good out there. Eagles and, and Niners may be going to run away with this thing and, and everything kind of works itself out. But then, you know, it, it didn't like totally happen that way. Like the Eagles were comfortably winning, but it like from a mathematical standpoint, it wasn't like a boat racing. So you're kind of in this weird half in between place and the Cowboys aren't playing well. And so at that point you're pot committed, right? You can't like pull them be like, well, you suck and you stunk it up. So let me get you out of here because then that's weird. It was just a weird kind of game they had to get through. Weird how Dak Prescott just keeps throwing interceptions. Oh, dude. <laughs> it is not stopping. I mean, he has 10 in his 12 games this year. Leads the NFL despite missing, what, five games or whatever? Like, that's 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 insane. And I do think, you know, is a case of more than one thing can be true where, yes, he's looked – I think he's definitely had a lot of good moments, but it's kind of like maybe this speaks to what the Cowboys are this season as a whole. They're like a team – um, with some high highs and some low lows or like a team that's inconsistent, a team that has been maybe mostly good, but the bad has been really bad. And you're concerned about that. And it doesn't seem like it's going away. It doesn't. I mean, maybe it does. I, it's not just bad luck. You don't I, leave I agree with you. Like, on interceptions like this. And it's just all unlucky. That's just not the case. And most of them have been like pick sixes. So it's right. not just like, you know, some some of that maybe some it's not just but it's not just like, you know, interceptions deep down the field. He's taking a chance. He's being aggressive right. or like, like or, and they're not all tipped balls. Like, and right. that's that's the weird thing is like. Um, like the, there's a, a necessary conversation, right? Because the, the, the conversation becomes like leads the NFL in interceptions despite, you know what I mean? Like despite missing this or like, et cetera, et cetera. Like he has no in between this year. Like, like I've said, I, I feel like 90% of his game this season has been incredible, but the 10% that hasn't been, hasn't been not incredible. It's been really bad. You know what I'm saying? And it's, so, it's like a, a heavy 10%. It's not like, that, that's know, exactly my point. Yeah. yeah. Like, and so it, it makes for this like weird dichotomy like where you know, where you're like, well, I think the 90% is enough, right? But like, if that 10%, if like the, the 10% moment shows up at the wrong moment, like it's enough to lose you the game. And like the Jaguars example isn't a good one because that, that one wasn't his fault. But like, there's so many now that you're like, well, that one was, and that one wasn't, and this one, right. and that one was tipped and whatever. Um, And so like up until this past week, I felt, I wouldn't say comfortable, but I felt like at peace with the situation, right? Like it's just a weird phenomenon. He had the one against the Titans the week before on Thursday night. That was just really an unfortunate tip situation. And this past one, like I'm kind of not willing, but kind of like understanding, like they, it was just a weird game. They all kind of threw it away and they were just for whatever reason, fine, you know, playing poorly in the lead up to the playoffs. But then again, I talked myself into the like, well, they put up 51 points, and I do think you made it too big of a deal about this a year ago. But they felt good about themselves after that win in Philly, I think right? They felt too good. Yeah, well, they, honestly. They, and I don't know that you remember the specifics, but they they accomplished all sorts of like team accolades. Zeke got a yeah. thousand yards on the season. Uh, they set a record for the most number of players on their team to score a touchdown on the season, and they were walking tall. And they were like, we just scored 51 points. No way Jimmy Garoppolo's coming here to beat us. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. And so I mean, like, I guess I feel good um, for what it's worth. Um, you know, I guess as we spin forward and, and kind of talk about all of this, the Cowboys opened as three point favorites on the road against the Bucks. That is now down to two and a half. They are still um, they're one of two road favorites. The only two road favorites, both playing in Florida, the Chargers against the Jaguars. Uh, the Cowboys are the largest road favorite of the week, just for what it's worth. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think it comes down to, like, you just feel like you can get one off, of, like, a deck. That's what I said going into the Eagles Cowboys game. It feels like you're going to be able to get that. It's not like... And that's such a good... Ex- I really don't want to interrupt you. I know I get accused of that all the time. But, like, that's such a good example because, like, you get it, right? And so you're thinking, not you specifically, but you're thinking, like, boom, we got it. Like, that was going to happen. But then he's, like, perfect. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it's, like, which is going to be, like, what what is going to be the driving force for the result of this game? The one you get or everything else? Yeah, I, I just think he gives you a chance is what I'm trying to say. Like, he right. gives you a chance that you can capitalize on that. And maybe you do, maybe you don't. But it, he's going to give you that chance, whereas some other quarterbacks are taking care of the ball better. Like, I'm not so sure. Like, I don't know if Joe Burrow, for example, different, you know, conversation. But I just I don't know if he's going to give you that chance. So I think that's something to wonder about, um, you know. This Bucks team is not good. <laughs> in fact, they are very bad. I know the the Bucks have not beaten Tom Brady, which is it's not like an irrelevant thing. It doesn't mean everything because there's obviously been so many iterations of the Cowboys over that seven and zero span. But you know, there is something maybe to Brady. You know, like being this high profile, obviously player who maybe relishes in beating America's team, quote unquote, which is a silly nickname. Uh, the Bucks are 17th in DVOA, 25th in point differential. And obviously that was knocked down a little bit because they, you know, pulled some starters against the Falcons in week 18 there. But I mean, the vibes have been off with them the whole year. Hasn't looked right. At the same time, it's Tom Brady in the playoffs. And it could be his last time with the Bucks. It's just, it's hard to write off entirely. It feels like matchup-wise, Cowboys should have this. Their pass rush against the Bucks' shaky offensive line um, should be uh, enough to get it done. But the Bucks have played the Cowboys well, and if Tom Brady's getting the ball out fast, like, I don't know. I, I'm going to take the Cowboys probably just to spoil my pick in this game, but I do think it's going to be, uh, it's going to be going to lay the points too, two and a half. Yeah. I'll take, I'll give the points. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. And I'm going to, no, I said late. Yeah. Of, I'm going to make that my lock of the week for the SB nation. And uh, of course well. you are I'm um, aiming it now here on the pot, but, um, uh, I, I'm pretty good. I'm 12 and you know, 6 in my locks, by the way. A few weeks ago, we had our first ever lock-off, which is a really popular term in this space. I don't think any of us have ever locked up the same game. I know we kind of have a rule against that, but like this is kind of a different... Once you get to the playoffs, like it's some different circumstances. I think but, we have to do different games in the playoffs until we can't anymore, which would be the championship round. Um, I don't know about that. We'll I mean, but we'll see. Well, yeah, we'll talk about those stats. Um, it's yeah, it's true. Uh, so... I agree with everything you're saying. Um, I do want to say something on Dak before I pivot elsewhere here. Um, so, like, we talked about regression, right? Like, when it comes to the Vikings, right? Like, at some point, like, maybe not regression, but, like, at some point, like, the luck runs out, right? Like, at some – like, but but that regression happens positively and negatively, right? Like, we talk about that a lot, like, with regards – and that was, like, something – that was a big talking point in the offseason. Like, the turnovers are going to go away for the Cowboys. Like, there's no way they can have that many turnovers. Lo and behold, they were the one. <laughs> like, 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 amazingly, they were the one team to kind of survive that. Um, similarly, we talk about, like, injury regression, right? Like, in 2020, the Niners and Cowboys had the most games lost due to injury. That bounced back for them in 2021. So at some point, and it may not be in the playoffs, it may not be this week, whatever, but at some point, like, this fluky interception thing will regress for Dak, right? Like, in all likelihood, the math I don't of know. life. I don't know I mean, that's the, the case. The math of life suggests that. His, he's thrown an interception in seven straight games, which is just incredible to think about. Do you know what his longest streak was prior to this? No. It was four games, like throughout his entire career. So you're talking about if he throws an interception in the wild card. I know you know things aren't charted the same or counted the same, whatever. But if he throws an interception, that would be literally doubling the longest streak of his career. Like I said, at some point, even if it's next season, that will chill out and regress a little bit. And so you, you know, kind of the hope is like maybe it, it regresses here in the playoffs, and you you don't have to deal with that or whatever. I'm with you. This the reason this game is like exhausting or 
I was gonna say frustrating, but maybe annoying is the best word is because of the like narrative pieces, right? Like Tom Brady, the GOAT, seven and oh, like it's just you can't like run from that. It's so annoying and silly. Cause you're right, like, does the Tom Brady who beat the Cowboys in 2015 when Brandon Wheaton started, like, does that mean yeah. anything? You know, does the does it mean anything that Amari Cooper couldn't beat Stefan Gilmore in 2019 when Dallas went to New England? Like, you know, those things mean nothing. Yeah. But well, I don't know if it means nothing on the whole. I think it I, means a little bit more than nothing, but not certainly not everything. I do wonder if, like, you know, we talk about, like, how that overwhelms teams. I, like, this Cowboys team really wants it. Like, really, I mean, everybody does. Like, I hate that, too. Like, they really want it. But they really want to beat Tom Brady. They came so close in the season opener last year, that really great game that was a back and mm-hmm. forth. The season opener this year obviously stunk. But, I mean, if if they're going to, like, you know, just destroy Tom Brady, end his time in Tampa or retire him, whatever, I mean, the person who we're not talking about enough i don't think and i don't mean to say he's not a great player but is micah parsons micah where are you at dude like mm-hmm. that's that's what well, this is, is it is it him or is it the team i mean okay we you know whatever but like it, it is like he's been i would like mia is not the right way to put it because he's still pressuring the quarterback at this insane level but we're missing the like micah moments and those are the things that have been catalytic that, that have been absent for the last few weeks and that makes it sound like they've lost 100 games in a row when they haven't but like you're entering a, a phase where like you're gonna have to have those moments almost on a weekly basis i think this is a great um you know criticism by you i think star players too often can skate by on and like and i get it because they're really good and it's not like you need to say michael parsons sucks that's not the point but i think it can be overlooked sometimes that you don't just need it's not good enough if Micah Parsons like has a good postseason for the Cowboys. No, he needs to be like Micah Parsons star level, you know, highlight player kind of talent in the postseason. Like like we're talking about TJ Watt kind of like impact in the like that kind of more or at least more approaching that um to kind of make this about the Eagles again real quick. I've been saying that about Darius Slay recently. It's not that he's like stunk, but Darius Slay has like a 26 point something million cap number on the Eagles. He's taking up 13% of the Eagles cap number this yeah. year like, and that, and like not just, to, to, to be just silly like, fan it's like that's why you're paid like that you're like that's why you get the attention you do is because you're supposed to be the author of these big moments right and it's not just good enough if Darius Slay is a good starting quarterback no he needs to be an elite cornerback he needs to do what he did in week two which I know he can do I'm not saying he can't do this and right. like shut down Justin Jefferson if he faces him not allow Justin Jefferson to go you know for like let's just say, you know, like 90 and a touchdown in a loss. Like, that's not good enough. Like, you need to shut this guy. If you're, like, the star, and especially if you're going to talk a big game, too, and you're going to be like, hey, why why am I not getting more love? Why am I not getting all pro consideration? Go out and earn it. I mean, so I, I, I to make it back to Parsons, like, yeah, I think it needs to be that situation where he has a dominant postseason, and he hasn't been that player recently. I have a question for you if you have nothing else left. I was just going to say, I, I like, I would put Dak into that category, right? Like, he's a superstar, everything, blah, blah, blah. But, like, this happens with the Cowboys a lot because like they're the Cowboys and the jokes and the memes, but like it can be about more than Dak, right? Like you, like, you know what I mean? Like you could talk about like, there have to be like, and like it's some, some of the players who I think like that we want to put in this box have like CD lamb has been incredible. Like as of late, but like CD, you got to do it again. It's Trayvon Diggs. You got to step up. Demarcus Lawrence. Demarcus has been awesome. Like you got to step up. Tony Pollard. It's time. Zeke. It's time. You know what I mean? Like all these dudes, like, that the time is now like it's been a long year you waited an entire year to get back here you talked all about how embarrassing it was how you got punched in the mouth how you were soft whatever you blame the officials all that's in the past you have a chance to to quiet a lot of it and like this is like and you know ed talked about i know you have your question but like how he's you know this kind of worked out for the vikings i'm um, for the giants excuse me this is and I, like th- 
this gets like taken out, out of context, but like this is the best situation the Cowboys could have been in. I mean, if you have to, if you have to play a division winner this week, you don't sure. want to play the Eagles, you don't want to play the Niners. I believe in the Vikings more than most people. I mean, you get to play arguably the worst team in the, in the NFC playoff picture. You can make an argument that that Tampa is obviously it's not a strong argument, but they have looked that way as of late. And you get to do it in a warm climate. You don't have to go somewhere cold. You don't have to go to Green Bay. You don't have to deal with this. I was playing this game on an Instagram live I do with one of our guys, Chris, um, on Monday. Do you know the Bucks' last few wins? I mean, they beat the Saints at one point. That comeback. Um, so they, I'm, I'm not like I don't put stock into their loss against Atlanta. They beat on the Sunday Panthers. That, that was the the division clincher. They beat the Panthers. So that was their most recent win. What about the win? Their second most recent one. That's my question for you. I don't even remember. It was the overtime win against the Trace McSorley Cardinals. You know oh, I didn't I mean? even know like, that went to overtime. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was the like th- you know that was the latest like national round of like dumping on the Bucks in the NFC South. Like it took the all of their might to beat the Trace McSorley led Cardinals, whose head coach just got fired. You know what I mean? Like this is the best chance you have. Everyone wants to talk about like road playoff wins. They don't have any. Go get one. You know what I mean? Go, like it, you're you're lucky that you're not playing like prime Tom Brady. I know he's still Tom Brady, whatever. But like, go get it, and like, it will be a little hollow because it's not the same Tom Brady. But go, you can put this one on your mantle. You go beat Tom Brady at his house on the road, a game you're favored in in prime time. Th- this game is gonna like destroy NFL ratings. Do you know how many outlets are carrying this game? What like ESPN, ABC, so ESPN, ESPN two, ESPN plus, and ABC. Like the total viewership for this is going to be out there. And what about the Ocho? That's me. <laughs> but uh, but like even if they don't win the Super Bowl, and I, like my point is not like oh if you beat the Bucks and Brady, like boom, season is a success. But even if they don't, this win will quiet a lot of the like typical Cowboys meme chatter, and you have a chance. You have a chance to end a lot of that, or at least subside it right now and if you don't it's on you you know what i mean like you you waited you begged you pleaded you asked you earned this opportunity so go cash in i actually have two questions but first a quick comment um to kind of wrap up put a bow on the parsons deck there's like these kind of players need to step up it can't just be well they weren't the reason we lost i hate when like that's justification for star players sometimes. Well, they, like they were they weren't bad. They weren't the reason we lost. That's not good enough. Like you need to be like that's not. I think always that can be true for quarterbacks. Like you know, like, like like you can have like an elite quarterback performance where your team loses like fifty one to. 40. It can be true, but it's also if that's the best thing you have to say, and it happens multiple times in big spots, then they are the reason you lost. If they're all, if if they're just not the reason you lost. All I'm saying is, you remember the um, the Cowboys Broncos game from 2013, the like crazy back and forth, a million point scored game. Like mm-hmm. my like that game comes to mind like i don't place any of that game on tony romo but like i don't think anybody ever placed any blame for that game on demarcus Ware. like he's probably going to be a hall of famer in a month mm-hmm. and it's like nope nobody like blamed him at all for for that loss for peyton remember the peyton manning like jog into the end zone like bootleg yeah, yeah like where's demar where's your like hall of fame you know outside sure. linebacker pass rusher like all that's right. my point two more thing two questions um number one because you talked about what you know what can make this cowboy season kind of a success I'm assuming Mike McCarthy is safe if the Bucks win the game and the Cowboys get eliminated. Is that the case? So um, Jerry Jones was on 105 through the fan today for us on Tuesday and said, yes, like he said, that it's not a question, blah, blah, blah. Even, you know, whatever happens that Mike McCarthy safe. that should be the case. But because of the Cowboys, because Sean Payton, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah, Dan Quinn, blah, blah, blah. He's um, been requested by the Denver Broncos for an interview. Um, it will be a talking point, but like, 
the idea that the Cowboys should move on from Mike McCarthy is so silly. I'm fresh. I can't wait for Sean Payton to get another job. So like this isn't this is no longer a story. And then last thing, what do you make of Jason Garrett talking about the grass and how the Cowboys are one and four on such surfaces this season with the one win being against the Tennessee Titans who are playing their backups, of course. Um, I will have a point on the backups that I want to get to in a moment. Um, but I mean, it's a thing, right? Like you can't, you can't say it's insignificant. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't think it's like the most significant thing in the world, but like, um, and I tried to make this point, uh, with you and stats last week about the Vikings and all the whining they did about Lambeau. Um, cause the same thing happened to the Cowboys. Mike McCarthy, when the, when the Cowboys went played the Packers, he was like, Hey, where are your long cleats, your metal cleats, whatever, blah, blah. Like, I mean, obviously he knew. And I mean, it's not like the Cowboys didn't know, like whatever, but, um, Find a way, dude, like a grass, whatever. I mean, and you know what? If you win this game, you're probably going to have to go to Philly. There's grass there. If you have to go to right. San Francisco, there's grass there. You know what I mean? Like if your biggest complaint is the surface that you're sure. playing on, you know, like I, I think it's something you have to consider, though. Like, And so mm-hmm. I, I understand Jason Garrett because he's had those conversations and where also, like he's prepped for it or whatever. Right. That's like I always think about where's that coming from? Because that's not just like Jason Garrett randomly just sitting there and being like, you know, he's not just someone said that to him or someone put that in his ear. I feel like or there's something. I, I disagree that. with that. I think he's had those conversations. Right. Like because well, I mean, because they've like Jason Garrett's Cowboys played playoff games. He played a playoff game in Lambo. You know what I mean? Like he he's went to Philly a lot. You know what I mean? Like, I, so I think Jason knows okay. like, OK, like this is the the sort of rhythm we go through here. All right. Um, I think that's all I had. My backup quarterback thing. So um, the Cowboys lost to Sam Howell. Oh, Sam Howell, blah, blah. Um, I mean, I don't know that we have to dedicate much time to the commanders on this episode. We'll, oh, we'll do we'll our commanders. We'll get I want to get okay, your okay. take on Howell because I think really good okay. to see him. Uh, we'll get there in a moment then. But so this was – I talked about this with you guys on the NFL show. This was the third week in a row the Cowboys played um, a quarterback making his first start of the season. The second week in a row they played a quarterback making his first career NFL start. So the, the last, like – you know, legit quarterback they played was Trevor Lawrence, right? And they lost, right? Uh, they played Gardner Minshew, who played very well and didn't play very well after that. They played Josh Dobbs, who I thought played well on Saturday night as well, even though the Titans lost. Mostly early in the game, yeah. He felt right, hard, I'm, yes. I'm very interested to watch that unfold just from afar in the offseason, but different subject. Um, and then played Sam Howell. So this is not an excuse or anything, but like it is difficult. It's, it's not the same process. Difficult's not the right word. It's not the same to prep for like, you know, okay, let's go watch like Sam Howell's college tape. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a, again, harder is not the right word, but like it's different as opposed to like Tom Brady. And like my, my presentation is not, it's easier to prep for Tom Brady than it is Sam Howell. But like, it does throw you off your process to start. Like all of a sudden you got to prep for Josh Dobbs and Sam Howell when you have this Mm. normal, you know, kind of sequence of events, it's just a weird kind of thing, but you got to find a way at the end of the day. I mean, it's a, it's a good problem to have. You you will take that problem to have. Oh no, we have to prepare for Josh Dobbs. Or Sam um, you'll okay, sign up we'll, for that. We'll make our official picks and then set up what we believe to be the division around in a moment. Uh, but the Washington Commanders, um, they win. So, by the way, the Commanders now have a worse draft pick, and it came at no consequence to the Cowboys. So the Cowboys kind of fell on that grenade for everybody in the division. Yeah. Um, so Commanders finish eight, eight and one. They are the only NFC East team not a part of the playoff picture. Tough scene uh, there. It seems like Ron Rivera is going to be safe, right? Like we're, we didn't really have a, a lot of firings on Monday. I know there were already a lot of openings, but like who was fired on Monday? Just Cliff? Because Lovey was fired on Sunday night? Yes, I guess. I think, yeah, I think 
it doesn't really make sense to fire Rivera now, right? In terms of like the new ownership looming, like you're going to like the current ownership's going to bring in a new head coach just to sell the team. And then the new, like, I don't know. It doesn't really seem to make well, the timing of it all. Cause like, even if you sold, like if there was a transition in ownership in like the summer, you can't hire a new coach in June. You know what I mean? Like it's just well, the, time, I mean. the timing so, of it all works in Ron Rivera's favor. In that yeah. Sense. I think you have to ride it out with him, give him one last chance. And then you'll flip that switch next off season when you have a new ownership and everything. Mm, okay, so I agree with you. So Ron Rivera appears safe. Uh, Sam Howell, I thought looked okay. I didn't think looked. I don't think anybody making their first start of Week 18 can look great enough to where you're like, well, we don't have to address this position at all right. uh, in the in the off season. But like, he definitely looked like, hey, you know, like um, There's something there, right? Um, I mean, low bar to clear when it comes mm-hmm. to the Commanders. Obviously, this was the Cowboys' first loss to the Commanders, by the way. Wow. Um, so. Um, the Commanders, who did not beat the Giants this season, but did yeah. beat both the Eagles and the Cowboys. Only the Giants undo, uh, have not lost, not undefeated, have right. not lost to the Commanders. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the Cowboys in this game, I know the question's about somehow, but Cavante Turpin um, muffed a punt, and that set them up with a short field. Um, Brian Anger couldn't field a punt that, that was he was going to punt, and, and that set them up with a short field. Um, so it's not like, not like Sam Howell was like driving up and down the field 80 yards every time. He did have this incredible throw to Terry McLaurin later in the game. Where like like I'm saying at that moment you were like, okay, this dude can make an NFL throw. Um, mm. so I I think he certainly has to be a part of their plans for the future. Um, but again, they they have a lot of of things to address, and I think the quarterback position is among them. Yeah, it sounds like you know what we uh, Scott Turner going to be gone, new offensive coordinator probably. Um, I mean, you went 11 to 19 for 169, 8.9 yards per attempt in your first start is pretty good. I know he had well, the big bomb there. to McLaurin inflated that just a little bit, but but sure. I mean, I'm not trying to take away from the performance. It was really good. Also had five for 35 on the ground and a rushing touchdown as well. So you know, has some mobility to him. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't the biggest Howell guy uh, leading into the draft, especially when originally like there was thought he might be like a first round pick or something. I remember watching him against. Hmm, maybe I don't remember the other team. I don't know if it was Michigan State. I remember watching him early in the season last year, and I was like, this guy is going to be like a top pick? Like, no way, this dude stinks. But then I think that got way, like, overcorrected. Um, almost like once upon a time, I think the discourse on Jalen Hurts went too far. I actually liked Hurts going into the 2020 draft relative uh, to, like, where everyone else was on him. I think mm-hmm. I was like, like, everyone else was like, oh, this guy definitely, like, just wrote him off completely. I was like, no, I think he's an interesting prospect, obviously. You know, I had my doubts about him. I didn't think he was going to be this good, never, to be clear. Um, but I thought, like, I think the point being, he almost got so overrated that he became underrated. I think Howell kind of got in that territory where people are, like, a little too harsh on him and not giving him any kind of chance. And I think where the commanders got him was pretty good value in the draft. And, yeah, we'll see. Uh, he, he probably should have been playing earlier. I mean, why why go to Wentz like when they did when you could throw him in instead? Is that like a a surefire option? No, but if you're go- the the point of going to Wentz was kind of like swing for the upside. Well, I don't know. Maybe your rookie has some upside. Why don't you put him in? And if, and worst case scenario, if he doesn't, okay, at least we learned something about him. Like there was no there was nothing to learn about playing Carson Wentz when they did. Like you, you weren't learning anything. You you might have at least at least learned something. Even if Howell was bad, you would have been like, okay, this dude might not be good. He, he might stink which is more valuable than seeing Carson Wentz struggle again. Did you buy the Taylor Heineke, like, took himself out of consideration to start 
last week like did you buy that story like that, that he was like actually no, no sam's looked really good sam, sam deserves an opportunity to start did no that's buy- insane you get like money for playing in the nfl like we are playing to, there's playing time incentives there's the um i forget the performance esca- uh there the right. performance when you play a certain amount of snaps when you don't make so much money you get so no it doesn't certain make percentage sense. of snaps like not necessarily yeah. right no i agree with you i think taylor heineke was working like the pr machine overdrive sure. last week and i'm i'm fine with that like you know what i mean but like yeah i don't fault him for any yeah. of that i don't i don't fault him for wanting to play but then saying he doesn't want to play i don't fault him but no exactly and then and then like to like the cherry on top was the shane falco jersey that he wore both during the <laughs> week and on the way to the stadium like like i said taylor heineke was like you know making sure all eyes were dotted and t's were crossed and again like play the game taylor heineke get yours get the bag get your jordans or whatever but like again like this idea that like oh no taylor saw sam and knew that it was okay sure um i bet carson uh, agreed as well sure falco lombardi from star fox Um, do we think the commanders and we we have a lot of time in the offseason i had a question on our postgame show at bcb whether the mixtape would continue in the offseason duh like what what else would we do we like, have literally never missed a week on the mixtape yeah. since it was incepted. And I had uh, a I kid in that like kid. run. Yeah. I missed, I think, just the you one episode. You missed one episode, yeah. Because I was, in, I, I had to. I was doing training camp, um, and we still had, um, uh, you know, representation. That's the first time we had um, Maul on. He was, mm-hmm. he was good talking about the commanders. Said they were going to win 10 games this year, I think. Did not win 10 games. It wasn't, it wasn't, it I mean, they came off. closer than I think we would have thought technically like, one and a half games off if you count the ties half a win so yeah yeah not not terrible did they they beat their over probably right um stats is the one who keeps all that stuff so we can ask him but like i imagine I that they did um, i'm guessing I, i'm pretty sure they their over was i, I not... bet i would bet all four teams in the division beat their over because i think dallas was like ten and a half um yeah probably. so i mean and like i don't know what philly was but i bet it was like nine and a half nfc maybe. beast oh dude seriously um it's crazy okay. because we came up with that and no one thinks we did which i don't understand you know i don't like to take as much credit for this but we also came up with nfc least you know what i mean like that credit us, true. please um so um Wow. I have a review uh, okay. I want to read um, before okay. the show ends. When okay, you want to do that. Go ahead. I have, to text, my, I have to text my wife, so this is a good time for you to do Okay. This. Uh, big flex by you. Um, this is from Trey Waddle. Trey Waddle 27 is the name on Apple Podcasts. Leave a rating review on any of the NFC East mixtape feeds. Bleeding Your Nation, Logging the Boys, Hogshaven, Big Blue View, and we will read it, ideally, at some point. Uh Trey says, I hate Cowboys fans, but I guess RJ is tolerable sometimes. This is BLG, on the BGN? Uh, yes. Okay. BGN. BLG is the absolute man, of course. Also, when the Eagles beat the Cowboys Christmas Eve, RJ has to finally admit Hertz is the best quarterback in the division. Crying face emoji. So clearly, this is from a while ago. Didn't happen that way. Um, also, BLG said a while back that he listens to Circus Arrive, and that made me like him even more than I already did. Anthony Green is an Eagles fan, by the way. If you didn't know, go birds, baby. Update. Y'all skip my review. Rolling eyes emoji face. So sorry, Trey, that we were late to it, and it didn't necessarily age well. Yes, uh, big Circus Arrive fan. Our good friend Brendan Ekstrom, RJ, is the guitarist in that band, and he listens to the Bleeding Your Nation podcast feed. We've had him on before. Um, I don't know if he's a faithful mixtape listener, but I do think he knows who you are, and he definitely has listened sometimes. And Anthony Green, by the way, is the singer from or from that band. So, um, so there you go. I have two reviews to read, but I wanted to bring this up. So we have some like th- there's a small Venn diagram sector of NFC Beast mixtape listeners and Survivor fans. Um, did you see my 
tweet about the Cowboys uh, win loss pattern this season. This is something I should, I haven't said this on a BTV podcast. This is podcast the most yet. cope thing. I mean, you've no, ever I, done. I, so like, to be very clear here, like this, like I, know I do it's a bit, but no, I know I know I you some, also believe in them. <laughs> no, no, like I do some things to cope. Like I'm, I'm not above admitting that like there are some things where I cope, but some things Everyone are does. some things are just for fun. Some things are like, haha, mm. this is silly, and nobody could recognize this. In case mm. um, anyone is unaware, the Cowboys lost their first game of the season and then won four in a row. Then they lost to the Eagles, notably, and then they won two in a row. That was kind of the cycle. Then they lost again and won four games in a row. They lost and won two games in a row. Now they've lost. So the trend would suggest that the Cowboys, the pattern trend, whatever you want to call it, that they would win four games in a row. That's what is up next in the pattern. Four games would be the wild card round, division around, NFC championship game, and the Super Bowl. So boom, roasted. Um, we actually have two reviews here on the Blog on the Boys podcast network. The first one, very short, uh, five-star rating. I assumed yours were five stars. Um, comes to us from SEK underscore zero five. I'm not a fan of the underscore personally so it's hard to get to on the keyboard and i i never remember if i have to press shift or if i don't um but it's titled nfc beast and it's simple best pod to the little brothers of the philadelphia eagles um the next one i think is more apt for especially the last few weeks you and i've done a great job of kind of like bearing the hatchet that you know was sort of like unburied um on christmas eve um five star rating from let it fly 35 titled nfc east mixtape here we go what a coincidence that all these reviews left by Eagles fans coming for RJ happened after Dallas put a 40-burger on Philly. BLG had his victory lap when Philadelphia beat the Cowboys in October, and Cowboys fans had to eat that. Nothing wrong with how RJ handled the show last week. Love you both as a duo and really support both of your work. Looking forward to a hopeful third meeting between the Cowboys and the Eagles. Look at that. Well, on that note, we should probably get into the predictions. That's what the... I'm doing here, dude. That's like the segue that I'm making. I actually have a – I wanted to ask you this random question at the beginning, like I kind of like to do, uh, but yeah. Ed was here. I wouldn't say what Ed ruined it. it. Well, I'm getting – send it up. Um, so, like, if you watch a video on your phone, right, like you, mm -hmm. you open a video to watch it and you rotate it, what way do you rotate your phone? Like where the power button, which side of the power button is on? Yeah. So, like, so, you know, you're looking at your phone, you're holding it like mm -hmm. standard. Do you rotate it to where the power button, the lock button, let's, let's call it the lock button. Yeah. Is, I think is it's on the bottom button on top. So, you for rotate me. it, you, you rotate it counterclockwise. Then is what and you're saying. And for the um, audio listeners, you should go to the Bleeding Your Nation or Blogging the Boys YouTube because we're showing you, <laughs> demonstrating right. what we do. Yeah. Cause I think this is a natural motion for me here with my thumb. Uh, on the volume buttons that just makes sense to me but you so your the volume buttons are on the bottom for you yes that's what you're saying yeah. see i like so i when i do it the opposite way and mm. i use so like this i use my left hand to kind of like cup the sound you know what i'm saying and if i have to hold it with one hand I'm, I'm using my left hand and then i have my right index finger i'm right-handed available to adjust the volume yeah i'm right-handed too but I, for whatever reason i use my left hand for the volume let's go have everybody tweeted us um at Brandon Gowden on Twitter and Instagram, at RJ Cho on Twitter and Instagram, and let us know what direction you rotate your phone with the hashtag rotate. No, that's not a good that's not, <laughs> Why not? not? That's a good one. No, hashtag you're rotate. not going to see, because that's a, probably a very commonly used hashtag. Okay, then what hashtag do you suggest, Grandmaster? Um, <laughs> hashtag mixtape rotate. <laughs> That's so much for people to type out. I know. That's I like I'm it. trying to be simple. Just go um, with hashtag rotate. That's no, fine. No, we'll deal no, with don't it. do that. Don't do that. No, I, I'm you can't do that. It's it's okay. We're not going to track you, it. I'm not going to see what you can tweet at us and you pick the hashtag, whoever you are, loyal that's listener, that loyal make any viewer. Sense. Then it's and we'll not see, linked. We'll see which so hashtag dumb. people use. Either, either hashtag, hashtag rotate or hashtag mixtape rotate. 
Um, okay. Rotate. And by the way, if you're a real one, you will tweet that at us with your phone in landscape oh, while you're rotating it. I never type that way. Like on my phone. Same. You, it's a, that's a psycho yeah, move. It, it's, it's strange. Like you want to watch a video, play a game, whatever. But like I, if you're typing or texting that way, that is too much for me. I had to do some of that because uh, uh, when your I phone had the yeah, thing. And I just felt like I felt like such a psycho, like in public having to like rotate my phone. Like, you know, this guy is un, unwell. Wow. Um, but it's um, all good now. Okay, let's so, get to some predictions. So, first of all, I saw a note from Mike Clay when we started recording that all six playoff games this weekend and the Super Wild Card weekend are rematches. Did you know that? Um, that makes sense. Every also, single by the way, Mike Clay from ESPN, right? Right. It's just hitting me that Mike Clay is an Eagles fan, by the way. Uh, I don't know if you knew that. The Eagles have a special coordinator. Their special teams coordinator is named Michael Clay. So I don't. I don't know why that didn't click with me until now. But oh, actually, go. okay. Last thing before predictions. So. On at this moment, as of noon Central Time on Tuesday, January tenth, Dan Quinn is the only Cowboys coach that has been requested to interview with another team, and it, and that team is the Denver Broncos. That's it. Mm-hmm. Nothing for Kellen Moore. No other requests for Dan Quinn. Um, as mentioned, the head coach openings at the moment are the Colts, Panthers, Broncos, Texans, and uh, Cardinals. Um, and I, as I understand it, uh, both Jonathan Gannon and Shane Steichen have been requested. Or, or just Gannon's been requested by the Colts, okay. Texans, and Panthers. Gannon's been requested by the Texans and was previously considered a front runner for the Texans job last year prior to right. the NFL getting sued and then the whole Lovey Smith situation. So, yeah. And that's that's kind of the situation Quinn is in with the Broncos. Not that he was a front runner for the job, but he was in the mix last year for that. Um, I don't know that I don't know if we've ever had two teams both looking for head coaches in back to back years. That's what's happening with the Broncos and Texans. That's really strange. Um, I do. I didn't tweet this because I didn't know how to like condense it, my point and have enough context. I do think it's interesting that like Steichen and Gannon, as one example, um, are, are have all these requests lined up, and um, Ben Johnson has a lot of requests lined up. Right? Dan Quinn only has one. I think that's interesting. Like, I I feel like to me that suggests his odds of becoming a head coach this offseason are much lower than they were last year, unless the Broncos like are absolutely in love with him. You know what I mean? But like, it's interesting that like nobody else, like the Panthers are talking to Frank Reich. You know what I mean? Like Jim Harbaugh's in the mix. Like, I just think that's really interesting that the Dan Quinn so far has only drawn one request. Hmm. Yeah, we'll see. You know, there's obviously time for there to be more. Right. But I mean, if you're getting in these and I know the Eagles have the buys, maybe that's why, but like whatever. But okay, let's um, you want to pick all the we'll do all the playoff games with stats. Uh, You want to do just do the NFC ones here. Uh, So Ed took the Giants. So he's obviously taken the three points. The Minnesota Vikings, as of this moment, are three point favorites at home. We should go in order. We should do Saturday, Sunday, Monday. You want to do all of them? What are you yeah, we'll about? do. Yeah, we'll do all the NFC playoff uh, games. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My bad. I thought you said NFCs. Okay. That, no, that, my that bad, impacts my bad. the, okay. the division. So yeah. we're only going to do the NFC side. We'll do it all with stats on the right. NFL show. Okay. Listen to the SB Nation NFL show. So yeah. the Seahawks are visiting the Niners on Saturday. That is the first playoff game. <laughs> uh, the Niners are 10 point yeah. favorites. I will say the like proverbial can't beat a team three times in one year thing is hanging out here. That's not true. Data doesn't really bear that out. I I know, but like the talking point, that's all I'm saying. Like Mm. it's, it's a thing. Like it's like kind of like the, you know, the stuff we've talked about earlier, like the grass thing. It's a thing that you should say out loud and talk about. I mean, Seahawks might be able to cover because that's a lot of points in the playoff game, but Seahawks, uh, resume if you want to talk about like how the bucks have played recently, right? How have the Seahawks played recently? Like what have they done? Okay. They beat the jets. Great. 
Uh, and they beat also, the Jets when the Jets were falling apart. Yes. You know, they on, didn't beat the same Jets that everybody else got. Yeah, on, on New Year's Day. Um, right. After that, they they just they had to go to OT to beat the Rams, a Rams team they mm. also struggled against earlier in the season. Rams team that's not any good. They lost by 14 in Kansas City. They just got beat by the 49ers uh, at home by eight points in mid-December. Lost to the Panthers. They lost to the Raiders in overtime. They lost to the Bucks, who you just said might be the worst team in the playoffs. I don't know. I mean, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, this... I, it's a, it's a, again, it's a question I would ask, but the Seahawks are the worst team. Yeah, I'm not trying N- to like, the slam you. I'm just saying, right. like, I think the Seahawks lost to the team that you said is the worst team. So, you know, they're certainly down there and obviously they're the seventh seed. So, yeah, I have a tough time thinking the Seahawks are going to win this one. I will take the 49ers and I'll take them to cover. I mean, again, I think the Seahawks have a shot to cover, but uh, the 40, 49ers team is hot right now. They're rolling and not a team I'm going to bet against. I will. I'm. I'm totally with you. I'll come back to the point I'm going to make, but I'm with you. I'll take the Niners and I'll. Um. I'll lay the points. Okay. So we have the Niners advancing. If the Seahawks did win, to be clear, I just want to. They travel. They to Philly. would automatically play the Eagles in the divisional round as the lowest seed, right? Okay. Um. So we're both taking the Niners, both laying the points. Um. Ed took the Giants. That's what I was getting at. Uh. Vikings three point favorites at home. Literally just the three point home field advantage. Like like no you know yep. <laughs> no, no like extra whatever. Uh. Vegas Even yeah, Vegas yeah. thinks they're frauds. Everybody, blah blah blah. I'll go first. I'll take the Vikings. I, I mean, I, I well, like part of it you is should, like you should make this your lock if you're so confident. It, it's not a bit, but like I've come this far. You know what I mean? Like, and and they some stats, cost fallacy, my man. When, when we have this conversation and stats as a part of it, stats is something that I don't agree with philosophically. He'll be like, well, like you know, some like the the luck is partly skill. I get that. Like, I no. get that argument, but like. It is so fluky. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just, you can't, you can't flip a coin a hundred times in a row and have it land on heads. Right. And so, That's like, not, yeah. Are, are you really good at flipping heads? Right. Like, no. I mean, again, I, I recognize that, like, they're skilled and I obviously believe in them as a team. Um, and I do think if they win, it will be like, so what? Dude? You beat the Giants who, like, barely, blah, blah, blah. Like, they're in a lose lose situation from a narrative standpoint, but they do have the best player in this game. In Justin Jefferson. Um, so I trust that. I could see them getting out to like a big lead. And if, if you can take Saquon out of it in that sense, like it would be a really hard game for the Giants to come back. So I'll take the Vikings. I'll lay the points. I think from a vibes perspective, working in the Giants' favor. The Vikings I kind of agree with you. Good. And I just think there's something to Dable right now in terms of squeezing as much juice as he possibly can out of the orange that he's been given to work with, which is not a very juicy orange. Um, so I, I just trust that. And I agree with Ed and I, I agree with myself earlier. There's just, it's not that. So when it comes to the skill part of what stats talked about, it's not like, you know, yes, the, the Vikings should not be 11 and 0. They also shouldn't be 0 and 11. They should probably be something like, you know, eight and three or seven and four in those one score games. Mm-hmm. I just think I'm going to bet on the side of, not Kirk Cousins, and I feel like I'm very comfortable doing that. And if the Vikings do lose this game, this is the most pathetic 13-win season of all time. It is. Like, you have this Giants team. They're more – the Vikings are more talented, I think, unquestionably. The Giants do not have a lot of talent, but they do have coaching going for them, and I do think there is something um, to their fighting spirit and everything. The, the, the New York football fighting Giants. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to take them outright to win the game. A tiny bit of context I would offer. I no longer believe third, and I don't say this is like a a bad kind of thing about. Oh, the Eagles won fourteen games, but like I no longer put like stock in like you won thirteen games, you're an elite team. Like this extra game muddies that a little bit. You know what I'm saying? So like your point about like they're the worst thirteen win of all time. Well, they were a thirteen win team in the seventeen game era. You know what I mean? Like it's not the same thing as a, like like you know 
prior to two years ago, 13 wins meant you were an elite team. I like I think that inherently no longer means the same thing, but you're right. The Vikings the have worst 12 plus win team of all time. Okay, I'm fine with that. Um, that particular distinction. Um, I mean, I, this this might be like sipping the Giants Kool-Aid just a little bit. Remember uh, when the Cowboys visited the Rams and Mike McCarthy had that objectively awesome line about how when he said we're nobody's underdog and like everybody fell in love with that. I think Dable's like playoff experience is overrated is like in that vein. It, it was kind of a cool line. You know, it it's for, like, I don't think it's not it's a cool true, though. It's I don't think it's true, but it's not a cool thing if everyone says it. But like Dable's energy just kind of makes it work for me. The, the way McCarthy's saying that line did. I think to to wrap a bow on this from my perspective the giants you're, you're into wrapping bows today wrapping a lot of hanging a lot of presents the giants i think at the very what do i feel confident in this game they're going to make it a game they that's what they usually do they've been doing that for most of sure. the season they make it competitive and i think that's where it comes down to the one score thing it's going to be a game so i feel good about that part do i know that they're going to win for sure no i can't lock it up but i do think it's going to be a game and if it's a one score game then i'm going to decide on the side of regression and say the vikings are going to lose so not understanding the context or not knowing the context if like if they win this game and if it's chalk in the the way that they would normally win a game i think the like should we keep daniel jones conversation goes from like kind of a cute thing to a real conversation i'm not saying you do it but like you you actually have to think about it now as opposed to like well, casually dismissing it there's already a report out there i don't know if you saw that from boomer Esiason right. about how they're going to sign him to an extension. He's eligible. We'll see. Uh, I believe that. No, so not I believe. So the way we have it right now, you have. So before we talk about Monday night, you have the Eagles facing the winner of the Monday night matchup. Well, I currently have the Eagles facing, facing the Giants. Giants. Right. I agree. Or I obviously agree. Um, so we didn't talk about this. I This is not about the Eagles. So, like, I got a lot of this on Twitter. This is not about the Eagles. This is just about a general point. Because of the, like, situation I'm forecasting, this is why playoff games on Mondays are stupid. And I tweeted this. Oh, no. The Cowboys might have to play on short rest. Oh, no. The Bucs might have to as well, like, if they win the game. So, like, I I tweeted this. I remember vividly when the NFL announced this would be the case. This did, So the Rams played on the Monday uh, in the Monday wildcard round last year. They won the Super Bowl. That's something everybody's pointed out. They did not face the one seed in the divisional round. So they so like there is a world, the one I'm crafting, at least, where the winner of Monday night's game is coming off of the shortest amount of rest possible, playing the team coming off of the longest mm-hmm. amount of rest possible, having had the bye. Oh, it just so no, happens that it's the Cowboys who well, always get a home You're game king of like, oh, the Cowboys never have to play a road Thursday game, blah, blah, blah. So like, yeah. don't come at me with that. Like, that's your whole bit. So well, like that's the it, point. It's like, a true thing not though. Like rude though. Like this is like the. I, I don't think. I, I don't think I don't the Cowboys are getting at all. Like I'm not saying the Cowboys are victims here or the Eagles are beneficiaries. Like my point is like this is it's stupid to put a playoff game on a Monday night like this. You're compromise. You're potentially compromising something. If the Giants win, it it like removes a little bit of the sting because whoever wins this game would not be playing the Eagles, right? Um, um or if the I, Seahawks won, but I, I mean. Think- I think any team the Eagles play are going to be playing on. Well, I mean, I think even if the Giants win, I think the Eagles would play on Saturday. So then they would also still be on a short week. But they're coming off the bye. Like that's the the, the bye is part of the like the point here. Like you're again you and if the Cowboys, if the Cowboys were to be the team who wins, I'm picking the Cowboys to win. Spoiler alert here: you're talking about the team with the shortest amount of rest possible off coming off the road game, 
play. And, and like, I'm well on record about this. Like, I had a problem with the Bears playing on the, in a road Monday night game and then traveling to face the Cowboys. Like, yeah. I like you. Sh- it should not be this way. This isn't hard. Like, you know what I mean? You have the like smartest well, people in in some sectors of life designing this situation. Like, you shouldn't set teams up to be at a at a objective disadvantage like this. This is so rich coming from. Coming from the fine. person who, again, wrote every year annually about how the NFL needs to take away the Thanksgiving Day from the Cowboys because yes, they never have I to agree. play a road Thursday game. So if you agree with that, you agree with the spirit of this point. That's well, you, I, like you, I'm not you can't defend. talk out of both sides of your mouth. I'm not. I'm saying, though, like this is why it kind of evens out to me that the Cowboys would have to face this situation. It doesn't what if really it's make the me feel bad for them. What if it's the Bucks? I mean, I feel a little bit worse for them, for sure. But I, well, and I, look, stupid. I'm not saying Monday Night Football has to happen in the wild card. I'm not standing for that. I'm just saying I, I cannot feel bad for the Cowboys at all when they have that advantage every I, year. I have felt bad for every team in this boat. It just so happens to be the Cowboys this I will feel year. the least bad for the Cowboys, not because like they're rival, whatever, just from the standpoint of if you never have to go, literally never from Sunday to Thursday on the road. The Cowboys See, like, never have to do that. This they is a straw man thing. Never, like, they literally never have okay, to go from Sunday under, to Thursday on the road. We, we've all read the never. article every year. At BGM. We all understand your point. That but shouldn't like, exist. You should not put a team in this situation. You complained about the Eagles being on a short week on Christmas Eve when they had to play on a Saturday. Visiting the Cow- oh, it's their third road game in a row and they have to play on a short week and they have to go I mean, face a division really, rival. I did I not mean, really like, make a big stink about that. I, I said that disagree. was a it was, it, was a, it was a stinky stink and you made it. So um, let's pick this game though. Uh, we already talked about it uh, again at the moment, Dallas two and a half point favorites on the road. Um, so, you know, Vegas seems to think they're a better team than the bucks. Yeah. I made it my lock of the week already for the SB nation NFL show <laughs> preemptively getting ahead of you. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's a reason why the Cowboys are favored on the road in this game. I do think again, I think it's to be a one score game, uh, but the bucks just don't have it. I also think there is a scenario where, unlike, you know, obviously in the Super Bowl when Tom Brady, you know, had the best comeback of all time, if there's a point where the Cowboys just pull ahead, I don't think Tom Brady's like, come on, guys, we have to fight. Because it's like he's, he's done. He's, he's, he's one foot out the door, I feel like, in Tampa anyway. So if the Cowboys can kind of, you know, make them quit early, I think the Bucks will quit. I don't think they fight back and get back into this one. Um, not that not that Tom Brady can't do that. He's capable of doing that in theory, but I just don't really think the momentum is there for that. I'm picking the Cowboys, and I don't think there should be some sort of overreaction again. If the, people are like, well, if they lose this game, should you fire Mike McCarthy? You shouldn't put like that much stock. I, I, I recognize it's an incredibly important game. It's a playoff game, right? But like you, like one game does not undo everything that happened. You know what I mean? And so, I mean, but on the other hand, though. Again, you, you spent all year telling us, right? Like, and and I will give him a card. I gave him credit for like going on Rich Eisen show and defending himself amid the Sean Payton and Dan Quinn rumors. Like, you you guys have talked a lot of talk, and to your credit, to this point, you have walked most of the walk. But this is it. Like, again, all of that's great. The this the destruction of the Vikings, the win against the Eagles on Christmas Eve, the win against the Bengals with Cooper Rush, all of those things were great, but like nobody will remember them. Like, you know what I mean? Like you have an opportunity to give everybody something they'll remember. You have an opportunity to give somebody or give this team a playoff win against Tom Brady. And again, we can sit here and talk about how he's not the same version of himself, but like you get that and and you know, all of these reasons why people should take you serious, they become real to some people. But if you lose, you only perpetuate the idea that you're chokers. You can't get it done. Same old, same old. It's always going to be this way, blah, 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 blah. You have a chance. Like, this is a dramatic way to put it, but you have a chance to write history. 
you do like we talk we say this all the time history is written by the winner or written by the winners go win go write some history mm, little 40 and slip by you Witten, jason Witten by the winners. Ooh, it is on monday night but um i will say that if the cowboys lose this game by more than one possession that's tough that's a really tough look I have said this before um, on different podcasts, like a long time ago when I first got into this. Um, this is my house. This is my stadium. Do you know what the Twitter handle for the stadium that the Bucks play in is? Raymond James. But do you know what the Twitter handle is? RJ Stadium. It is literally RJ Stadium. <laughs> so um, let's let's go. <laughs> and, and yet, the team you like doesn't win there. Uh, that would be uh, a big time bummer. Um, I will say uh, to do one classic RJ thing. Um, a lot of people compared as the season was unfolding, this Cowboys team to the 07 Giants in, in terms of being like a good team, but there was a better one in the division, like the way the Cowboys were, you know, the better team in that division that year. Uh, and everybody talked about, obviously, how if the Cowboys met the Eagles in the division around this year it would be like the Giants meeting the Cowboys. Then uh, the Giants playoff route that year in 2007 began in Tampa against the Jeff Garcia led Buccaneers. I'll never forget that team. Um, so, um, Hey, do it, man. Like you, you might have to beat Tom Brady and the Eagles and the 49ers, but you know what? If you do it, it'll be awesome. If you don't, you have only yourself to blame. Uh, so then I have Cowboys, Eagles, Niners, Vikings in the divisional round. You have Cowboys, Niners, Giants, Eagles. Yep. You have the NFC beast riding again. Holy crap. That'd be awesome. There we go. Three out of the last four teams in the NFC. By the way, Cowboys have not won in Tampa. Do you know when the last time was? 2011? Yep. Yep. LaRon Robinson. Two games there, to be clear. Yeah, they won in 2011 and 2008, I think. Um, I remember that eleven no. game. It was an it was an maybe not or maybe oh nine then yeah, instead 09. of oh eight. Uh, but the eleven game was a I don't know if it was Thursday night, but it was Saturday night. It was in December, right? The eleven game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I remember the poinsettias on the NFL Network set and um, the Bennett's at the time. Uh, Martellus was on the Cowboys and Michael was on the Bucks. And so, um, wow. like the parents were there. They had one of the half jerseys. You know what I mean? It's super cool. Uh, so I remember that vividly. But um, when uh, were you born? What year again? Eighty nine. Okay, so since the um, Bucks, by the way, in RJ uh, Stadium, uh, the cow the Cowboys are three and three there. Ooh. <laughs> um, I will say this because there's a chance that some Cowboys or Eagles fan hasn't heard it by now. Uh, the Cowboys have not won a road playoff game since the 92 NFC championship game, which was in, in, you know, January of 93, but it was the night, you know, we've talked about this and, and set the record straight. That's the 92 Cowboys, not the 93 Cowboys. Um, right. So, and like they haven't had a lot of opportunities again. Hello. This is who the Cowboys have been, um, but it would they be the a first game in Green Bay one time. Right. Um, they had um, this actually, um, can you look that up? I because I what? think this is one day after the anniversary of that, the Des Catch game. I think that was January fifteenth, two thousand fifteen. I'll, I'll buy you some time. Um, I mean, was, Des didn't catch it, but it's fine. He did catch it, but because of the it. week, because of the the week eighteen now, like all of the wild card games now happen like on what used to be divisional weekend. 
even if he caught that, there's what? How much time left in the game? And Rogers yeah, I, carving I've, up that I've defense. Long, like, I've long said this. Like, even, even if the agree, Cowboys score, just, yeah. I, oh, it wasn't, people act like it was like zeros on the clock. It was not zeros know, on the clock. It just was look, not. I've had this argument with people for eight years. Like, believe me, I understand it very well. But what day did that game happen on? That game what was that 2014? That was 2014. 2014. So January 11th. Yeah. So you're a day Ooh. off. Well, when the date so, when this episode drops, yes. Oh, yeah. Today, today, as you're listening to this, listener, the, the title is, of this episode was supposed to be the Philadelphia Eagles won the NFC East, but now we have to change it to Des caught it. So no, it's still remaining the Eagles thing. Come on, you have I, to give them their props. They won the division. Um, no, I, I've long given them their props. Like I, I mean, do in think, the title. Oh, I, of course. Well, the title last year was the Dallas Cowboys won the NFC East. Like I titled it and I sent the image over to you and Rachel. So like I already gave them their props. Well, you said you're um, going to change it. You can't change it. I do think we've reached a point. It took like a week after the Christmas Eve game for like Cowboys and Eagles fans to kind of like, you know, look away, but shake hands like, okay, fine. You, you had a great season. Like each team talking to the other, like you had a great season, whatever. Hate you. If we meet again, we'll get back to this like ridiculous screaming at one another. But for now, we go our separate ways. I do kind of feel like, like there is like peace in the galaxy, so to speak. It would be pretty disappointing if it didn't happen. You know, if the Cowboys did, it'd just Dude, it'd be very all, anti I, for the mixtape purposes alone. It'd be very just like anti clem and, and if the Giants lost too, it's just, that's what I'm just the Eagles. If if it set up a situation where the winner of this game was like heading to Philadelphia, it would be like the biggest. Like, and I was thinking about this um, when Ohio State was like you know flirting with beating Georgia. How I was thinking that like all these Ohio State fans were going to tweet like, "Well, Michigan, we could have met in the Natty, but you failed to get there." And that, right. like, that energy would be there, like, well, Cowboys, we were we were looking forward to it, you know what I mean? But you couldn't get here, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, only And, oh, last thing. And this we ended up going – I didn't think we were going to go that long today. But it's the playoffs, baby. There's a lot uh, to talk about. But this is the th- – so this is Tom Brady's third year with the Buccaneers, third year playing an NFC East team in the wild card round. The football team in 2020, the Eagles last year, and now the Cowboys. So, Giants, watch out next year. So, Wow. And there, I won't do this. I mean, let me be very clear. I might tweet this as like a fun bit, but I won't believe this in seriousness. There will be people who are like, the Eagles couldn't win in Tampa Bay in the wild card round last year, and the Cowboys did. So if they do. All right. Anything else you want to say before we get out of here? I asked you the weird phone rotational question. Do you have um, a weird question you want to ask? No. Are you sure? Uh, I thought I had something to bring to the mixtape, but I, I don't think I do. Hmm. I watched Glass Onion on Netflix. I highly recommend. Yeah, I heard you talking about that on uh, at Monday Football Monday. It was good. It's the sequel to Knives, Knives Out. Out. Yeah. I've not seen either of those movies. They're both I good. Did see, uh, I did catch up finally on uh, Wakanda Forever recently. Oh, was it good? Yeah. Have you seen it? No, but I also now this is the last thing I'm going to say. I was reminded um, the the pattern I tweeted. It got a lot of interaction. Obviously, somebody who responded to it, and this was when I, why I brought up Survivor. Mike Holloway from Survivor. He tweeted it, or he, he responded and was like, "Like LOL," or he said something like, um, El, "Like there's a greater chance of Elvis releasing a new album than there is of like whatever." I, like it, it was something like that. So he's and not. Then, well, and no, he's 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 a Cowboys fan, but like he was just like kind of like being self-deprecating. But but then like I I believe him that he didn't know this. But then a lot of people responded and like there is apparently some like Elvis like I don't know if it's like greatest hits or something album, but there is like a new album That's... under the pretense of Elvis coming out this month. So all mm-hmm. these people were like, this is actually happening. And he was like, I swear I didn't know this when I said this. It was really funny. Do you know what Mike Holloway calls the Cowboys? 
Uh, don't. So America's team. Okay, that's, that's a reference. That do you get that? Do you understand what I'm referencing? So I feel no, like you don't. I don't. Well, is it really good if I explain it? But okay, I will. There's a tribe. He, he infamously named the Merge Tribe on his season America. So I don't remember the specifics. Like, I but like that was, it was like a very kind of cringy name. It's like really uh, like we're going with this. So there you go. Well, he won. Cowboys are gonna win. Survivor sucks one time. He sucks. stats sucks. All right, everybody tweet at stats. Oh, stats did listen to the mixtape. At the stats way. on fire, say you suck. Hashtag <laughs> rotate. Don't say that. That's too uh, much. <laughs> I do not co-sign that. To be clear, that's a little uh, too harsh. Hashtag rotate. BLG, give us two random words. See ya.